Francesca Lithancalo has always been in control of her life and her body. The host, sportscaster, and media personality has always had an active lifestyle, as well as a firm grip on what she wants out of her life. All that changed when Cheska discovered that she had problems with her thyroid and began what is now a lifelong regimen to keep hyperthyroidism, hypothyroidism, and picos under control. She has not only had to teach her body to adjust to her ailments, but has also had to realign her mind, her outlook, and her spirit in her journey. My name is Leah Cruz. On this episode of What Glass Ceiling, we talk to Cheska Litvankalo. Hi, Cheska. Welcome to What Glass Ceiling. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You've had a pretty long career in TV and in broadcasting, and you've managed to do so many different things and get so many things from it. But there's actually, I think, a side of your life, a side of you maybe, that maybe you don't, you're not so public about or people aren't so aware about. It's, it's because you've, you've actually been sick for the past several years. Yes. So, um, 2016, I was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism. Um, initially, my endocrinologist, sorry, can I just, do you want me to start from the beginning as to how sure, I found yes, out I had okay. hyperthyroidism? Okay. It's all vanity. <laughs> <laughs> it was only because of vanity that I realized okay. that there was something wrong. Because like, I was, okay, not trying to be my or anything. Um, but I never, ever had problems with my skin. I was okay. always, like, maybe I would have, like, one zit here and there, but it was never to the point where I was like, what the heck? I don't know what to do with my skin anymore. Like, it was never like that. Um, so around, uh, in 2016, I was in the States for a few months. And you know how everyone says, when you're in the States, your skin tears up because the air is cleaner, blah, 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 all, all, all that stuff. Um, but I, my skin was so bad. It was terrible. And I couldn't understand what's going on. So when I finally came back, I went straight to my derma. And she looked at me and she was like, what happened to you? I've never seen you like this. I was like, well, that's why I'm here. So um, she was like, if you had a history of acne or skin problems, then I wouldn't even bother with anything but considering that this is the first time i've seen you uh your skin this bad there might be something wrong it might be hormonal so you need to go see your ob so i went to my ob told her what my derma said and she was like okay so you need to do these tests so i did blood tests and then went back to my ob for uh, with with my results and then my, my OB looked at the results and she was like, you need to find an endocrinologist. I said, bakit niyo ko pinapasa-pasa? What is happening? So I found an endocrinologist and he was like, okay, we're going to do a few more tests. So I did a bunch of tests, like blood tests. And um, he made me drink some iodine solution or whatever. And then scanned me an hour after uh, immediately after, and then told me to come back 24 hours later. And I got scanned again. And it was basically to check how much iodine my thyroid had absorbed. Um, and so when I got all of the test results back, my endo was like, you have hyperthyroidism. So I was like, how the heck? My family, this, like no one in my family has a history of diabetes, of thyroid problems, like no one. So I was like, how the heck did this happen to me? 
Um, and then he initially put me on medication. He was like, okay, um, we're going to try putting you on medication first. I don't want to do surgery on you just yet. Uh, so let's see if the meds can handle it. Fast forward to 2019. It got so much worse. Like the meds couldn't handle it. Uh, I eventually got like an Apple Watch just so I could check my heart rate. And oh my goodness, my resting heart rate would hit like 180. Like I wouldn't be doing anything. I would just be lying down and my heart would be pounding. I would get high heart rate notifications in my sleep. Um, and this whole time I was working. Uh, at 2018, I started a morning show at Wave. And then I was doing PSL uh, plus PBA halftime show on Sunday. So I was basically working Mondays to Sundays. Mondays to Fridays, I had a, like, initially I had a radio show at 5 a.m. Then I was moved to the 7 a.m. slot. I was, I was exhausted. I was just gone. I had no idea what was happening to me. I couldn't handle it anymore. Um, I eventually ended up resigning from radio because it got so bad. And that was the time my endocrinologist was like, we need to do surgery already. You have your choices. You either can do surgery or you can do radioactive iodine therapy. So I didn't <laughs> I didn't want the scar at the base of my throat. So I said, let's just do radioactive iodine. Um and well he did give me an option of either the scar would be at the base of my throat or like somewhere by my armpit. Um, but I was like, yeah, we'll now we'll the surgery again. So ah, he made me drink, he made me take iodine, radioactive iodine pills. And I had to be isolated. This was January 2020, mind you. I was yeah, I, 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 th- I remember this. Yeah. And I remember like the first the first few days, I was ecstatic. I was like, I can finally sleep in. I can find this was oh, this was when I hadn't resigned from radio yet. I just asked for a leave of absence to handle all my medical stuff. So I was like, I can finally sleep in. I was on my PlayStation the whole day, all day, every day. Um, and then after a few days, like when because my husband could obviously couldn't stay in the room with me. My dog couldn't understand why he couldn't enter the room I was in. After a while, I started crying. I was like, oh my God, why can't you? <laughs> but yeah, um, after that, like surprisingly, uh, well, after that, when I finally got out of my uh, radioactive pain, uh, went to see my doctor, did another round of tests, and he was like, oh, you're still, you're still hyper, so come and see me after a couple of months so maybe your your thyroid levels have settled by then because he needed to check how much of my thyroid was destroyed by the by the radioactive iodine oh my god right when i was supposed to come back to see him the lockdown happened so i obviously i was not okay with going to the hospital because I was terrified. I was immunocompromised. There was no, my immune system was gone at that point. So I was, there's no way I'm going to set foot in the hospital right now. Can you imagine, like, the first 
probably around April. This was when I was super, I'm going to work out. We're not doing anything. We're not allowed to leave. I was working out like five days a week. I was super like, ganado. And then out of nowhere, bam, I just dropped. Like my energy disappeared. I was exhausted every single day. My Zoom, my Zoom calls with my friends, I would just be sitting there like quiet. And like I was not talking. I was just out of it. Um, and at this point, I was still taking my hyperthyroid meds until uh, my I finally heard that my endo was doing um, online consultation. So he just sent me like the tests that I needed to do. This was around June already. So I imagine from April, May, June, I was gone. So when I finally had the blood tests done, sent him the results and he's like, you're super hypo. We need to change your meds immediately. So when I finally got my hypo, it was a little, it was trial and error again because we weren't sure how much of my thyroid was gone. So we started at the lowest dosage. Like it went from 25 to 50 to 75. Now I'm at 100 mg of meds. Oh. Yeah. So we started out with my meds, uh, 25 mg, 50 mg, 75 mg until it hit like 100 mg. This was every single time I would get a blood test, they would check my, my, uh, thyroid hormone levels. So basically, the meds that I'm on are to replace the hormones that my thyroid produced. And I am like, I'm kind of okay now. Uh, the hypothyroidism is the complete opposite of hyper in the sense that hyper, my heart rate was absolutely insane. Now, my heart rate is normally slow and my metabolism is really slow. So I have to take uh, those thyroid hormone meds to kind of just pick up whatever is gone. <laughs> when you say you have hyper or when you say you have a thyroid condition, mm -hmm. what what does that mean for the body? Okay, so the way it was, because I mean, who the heck remembers what a thyroid does when you're done with school? <laughs> um, yeah, my doctor explained it as, so your body is the car, the thyroid is the gas pedal. Okay. So... Um, normally, your body is supposed to go 60 to 80. Um, but with hyper, I was going at like 150, 160, 180. With hypo, I'm going like 20, 30, or even 10, depending on how bad your situation is. So, okay. and people were, when I was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism, people were saying, oh my gosh. You're gonna lose weight, blah, blah blah. I was like, no, I gained weight, and that was another thing. I was like, why am I gaining weight? This is ridiculous. I have picos. I found. I also like yeah. So when I was talking to my OB, also she was like, you need to get tested for polycystic ovaries. So that was why. I was like, so may sakit na ako, tumataba pa ako. Good job, guys. <laughs> so it's it, it it's a hormonal thing. Yeah, it, it it's hormonal, and then and you yeah. went like both ends of the spectrum from hyper, yep. you went hypo. So basically, yep. while you you had to go through yeah, while dealing yeah. with picos. When when you were diagnosed for the first time, what was it like coming to terms that there was a problem with your body? As someone who was always active, as someone who was, I mean, I obviously took my body for granted. I took so many things for granted. Like, you don't ever think that you're going to get sick. 
especially with something that you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life. Thankfully, my my meds have been okay. Like I've accepted that I'm going to be on meds for the rest of my life, but that's better than, to me, it's better than waking up and feeling my heart pounding or at that time I had insomnia and when I finally did fall asleep, it wasn't even a restful sleep because it was like I was still running the whole time I was sleeping. Um, so, it, but also it was more of how it affected the things that I love doing. I remember the last straw was uh, October 2019 when David Beckham was here. <laughs> and I played football. And when I, like, I remember feeling like my face was so flushed I was super red and I would check my I would check my heart rate and it would be it it hit like almost 200 I think so I would take little breaks just to kind of calm down a little bit but it was still not enough I was like I can't even I can't even play um at work I was exhausted I barely knew what I was saying half the time because I was just tired i so that's why i finally decided like okay it's it's time to get rid of the thyroid um i unfortunately had to had to resign from radio because just the lack of sleep alone having to wake up early every day and not being able to sleep was miserable <laughs> As much as I love doing radio, as much as I enjoyed um, the music and talking to my partners and talking to the listeners, it just got to a point where I had to make a decision to deal with my health first because it was something that I knew in the long run would get even worse if it wasn't addressed anymore. What are the things that you've had to sacrifice or give up? to allow yourself to get better because you did mention that you had to make a lot of work adjustments and I imagine there were so many lifestyle adjustments. So now that I'm hypo, plus I have people's, oh my God. Like just, it, it's, okay, it, this is going to sound really silly, uh, but okay, when I was hyper, I wasn't allowed to eat seafood, anything rich in iodine, um, so at least now, so whatever I was doing when I was hyper, I had to shift to the complete opposite when I was hypo already. Um, thankfully, like that one part, the seafood part is the one benefit in the sense that I love seafood. If you ever see me eat seafood, you would be amazed. <laughs> I can spend the entire day sitting at a table, just like shelling crab, eating shrimp and all that. Like that was that's my thing. My friends call me seafood monster and they keep telling me like you should do mukbang with seafood. I was like, no. But um, other than that, just trying to lose weight is, oh my gosh. Because my metabolism is naturally slow now. I mean, compounded with age. <laughs> um, my meds help a little bit, but the water retention is, oh, Wow. The water retention is unbelievable. Like, you know, um, so I have to force myself to sweat 
sick. I either have to be consistent in cardio because you can tell, like you can tell when I don't. <laughs> which is very often. You can tell that if you look closely at some of my photos, like my eyes are puffy, my nose is puffy. Like it's just one of those things that, again, like this should not be driven by, by vanity, but let's be real. <laughs> Um, and it's also like a valid reason for me to remain active, which isn't necessarily easy to do nowadays because the things that I love doing, I love hiking, I love camping, I love being outdoors. I can't do that anymore. That was my usual getaway. That was my usual activity. I love playing football. I can't do that anymore. So I had to find ways to at least remain active even within the confines of my own home. Because I'm still very paranoid. I still don't like leaving the house because I don't know how my immune system is. How, how difficult, how much more difficult was it that, that you work in, a, in an industry with a visual, a very visual component and knowing oh. that you didn't have the same kind of control over like your, 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 your body image or your weight? Yeah. I remember... Two weeks after I was diagnosed in 2016, I, so I was still dealing with the news that I was sick and I went to a friend's beach house and I remember I posted a photo like just facing, I was, I was on the water. I wasn't even in a bikini or anything. I was still wearing a dress, like a spaghetti strap dress and I was facing the sun. I wasn't even facing the camera. And then someone posted a comment that I don't, um, may sakit ka ba? Bakit ang obismo? And I was like, wow. <laughs> um, I was contemplating on whether I should reply. Actually, oh, oh may sakit ako. Bakit? <laughs> or if I, I would just let it go. And at that time, I wasn't really ready to talk about it with people yet. I mean, only my husband knew, my family knew, my friends, my closest friends knew. Um, but that already was enough to obviously make an impact on how I saw myself, which, which sucks. It shouldn't be. It, that should not be the case. But at that time, I feel like I was very vulnerable um, considering that I had to, you know, un, I had to still come to terms with how I was going to deal with something for the rest of my life. Because it was explained to me that once this happens, like, it's very rare for you to get uh, back to normal. Which, in my case, it never did happen. I, I will be on meds for my entire life. I will have, you know, fluctuations every now and then. But I've been able to handle it well, I guess. I mean, I would like to say I've been handling it well, but it's still it's still in my memory that there really are people who think that way, who have absolutely no right to comment on your body, to uh, whether or not you have a health condition, like other people do not have any right or any say as to what your body looks like or what it should look like. What did you, did you end up responding to that? comment no 
I was I think sometimes I still obviously I still think about that. Sometimes I wish I I responded, but at that point in time I really wasn't in a in a in any condition to I think it would have been I think it was for the best that I didn't respond. Because <laughs> who knows where that conversation may have gone <laughs> because I was not okay. <laughs> How do you explain it to people, like whether or not they have maybe a nasty comment or they're curious? I mean, how do you, do you feel like you have to, like you owe people an explanation? I or do you ca- I, Now I don't care anymore. Um, I used to. Uh, but after a few years, considering how I felt those nights that, my heart would be pounding to those days where I felt like I couldn't even leave the bed, even if I just woke up. Um, it's more of this is my journey. I don't need to explain this to you. If I can help someone realize that maybe they do need to get their thyroid checked, because again, who thinks of their thyroid? <laughs> who? Like, who will go to a doctor and say, hey, I, I think I need to get my thyroid checked. Um, when I have friends who may be exhibiting certain symptoms, uh, because a lot of the symptoms can be confused with either, uh, are very similar with depression, anxiety. So it's either you have an actual physical reason uh, for, for the way you're feeling. Like when you're hyper, uh, when you have hyperthyroidism, you're irritable, you're angry, you're fatigued. Um, it obviously these are these can be symptoms as well of depression and anxiety, or more of depression. So you need to be able to rule out certain things. So if you if you're diagnosed with hyperthyroidism. Great, you have medication for that. You have treatments for that. If if it's still not the case, then you have to explore other options. What's causing it? If you end up uh, being diagnosed with some form of depression, then great. At least now you know you can address it as well. Because it was because I have anxiety, so I didn't know. I thought it was just one of my usual bouts. But it wasn't. Something else was causing it. And and I know you check that you're you're you have a strong personality. You like to be in control. You're very much in control yeah. of your things <laughs> and your actions. And to have to yeah. cede the control over your own body and over the way you plan out your life. Yeah. What was that like? I could say I'm a little more chill now, in the sense that this is this is not. I can okay. Uh, it helped me acknowledge the things that I can control and the things that I cannot control. I can control the way I handle my health. I can control, um, you know, maintaining my medication. I can control, you know, trying to stay active. Although, let's be real here. Oftentimes, tinatamad talaga. <laughs> Um, but it also it also helped me yeah, just kind of loosen the reins a little bit 
because it, you know if this is something that God allowed to happen in my life, there is a reason for it, and it's I I feel like I'm also at a point in my life where I care less about what other people say. Um, this is not. I mean, they are not part of my journey. So I'm going to handle what I need to handle. Does it scare you in terms of making plans for the future? I mean, how much does it, how much, how much of a weight is it hanging over how you approach your life now? Thankfully, it feels easier compared to hypothyroidism. For me, uh, I can't speak for other people, but coming from hyperthyroidism, Shifting to hypo is easier because, um, again, like now I can be a little bit more active. Now I can, um, well, I mean, hopefully when the fields open up again, when the match opens up again, I can, I can start, you know, playing football again without being afraid of passing out at some point or whatever. Uh, but in terms of, how it affects um, pregnancy or um, just, it, again, the, the weight loss in general, but like that to me is probably the last of my <laughs> concerns at this point. Um, it's, it's more of, I, I just deal with things as they come at this point because I don't know what's going to happen anymore. Again, it's, it's, the, it's the loosening of the reins. Like I don't feel that I need to steer myself every which way before, uh, to get ahead of it. It's just more of, okay, if I do another blood test and my levels are not great, then you know what? My doctor will adjust my meds and we're just going to keep doing that. I'm just relying on experts at this point. What was that process like, the loosening of the reins? Because I can imagine that it's not like you wake up one day and, and you decide, okay, I'm just going to take it day by day. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it's sort of a gradual acceptance that you have to be like that. That's a good question. <laughs> because, you know, I'm so OC with stuff. <laughs> um... I feel like I feel like it's also been a little it's been a little easier when I finally realized that I should just learn to chill. Um, it also helps that, um, for example, in terms of work, uh, I do off the record with Migs now. We produce our own show. We basically write, produce everything ourselves. So I feel like I gain control in one sense that, again, this, this show we can control. This show we can, you know, we can decide who guests, what our stories will be and all of that. Um, but on the other side, it's more of just kind of acknowledging that anything can happen, but as long as I take my meds as long as I find ways to stay active, then hopefully it won't be too bad. I mean, when something like that happens to you, I'm sure that it sort of 
shakes the grip that you have on yourself and your confidence and you know the your your ability oh, yeah. to 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 just dream and yeah. be and yeah. w- what what was that what was that like for you thankfully that that whole wave of questioning myself that whole period of wondering what was going to happen to me especially when i was dealing with this right in the middle of the pandemic uh that that shift from hyper to hypo um i don't think i could have gotten through it if i wasn't surrounded by amazing people like my husband who always like i always tell him like i know you're pulling my leg i know this is a bunch of bs but he'll always tell me like you know you're so beautiful you're so sexy and i'm like i am a whale right now <laughs> i feel so like this is the happiest i've been my entire life but like my husband will always make me feel like i'm the most beautiful woman in the world and you're such a bolero but i love you for it <laughs> uh and i have one of my best friends is also hypo um and she was the one that she was the one who noticed Actually, this was before I was diagnosed with hypo. We were on a Zoom call and she was looking at me the whole time because I was dead. I was just not saying anything. I was just slumped in my chair and zoned out. And she was like, you're not okay. You need to go get checked. And because she, she was like, when was the last time you saw your doctor? Well, I was like, I haven't seen him because the time I was supposed to schedule an appointment with him, the lockdown happened and I don't want to go to the hospital. And she was like, you need to go get checked. Um, and you know, it's just, I feel like everyone has their own story at this point of what they've dealt with since the pandemic started. Mine is just, I, I feel like mine is just a minor story because there are so many people who have gone through so much worse. Um, but also whatever your story is, whatever your journey is, I hope you don't invalidate yourself. Because that's your journey, and you have to get through it. What are the biggest lessons that you learned about yourself through all of this? <laughs> Surprisingly, I don't have to be in control all the time. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to let go. It's okay to just accept things. It's, you don't have to control every single thing in your life. It's fine. You will be okay. It's okay, especially since. Leah, you know this. Like when it comes to when you've been in our industry for as long as we have, there's a certain pride that comes with the work that you put out. And back then, when I didn't understand yet what was going on with me, I was so angry with myself that I couldn't even do the most basic things that our work required. I always felt like something was wrong. I always felt like something was off or I could uh I couldn't focus. I wasn't as prepared as I would have liked. And there were certain things that I had to do or report on and I would always finish something and think, what was that? Um uh, and thankfully if there is one good thing after all of that after the radioactive iodine therapy after the trial and error of the meds 
Uh, when I started the show with Migs, it was more of, I feel like myself again. I feel like I can tell the stories again. I feel like uh, we're doing something amazing with this show. And I'm so proud of our show because I know how hard Migs and I work on it. And just regaining that that sense of identity again. Like, this is what you've been doing for more than half your life. Um, and when I, when I look at the stuff that we've put out, it's something that I can be proud of. So it was also trying to, uh, I feel like it was more of trying to regain that, that identity, that part of myself that I knew, this is supposed to be natural to you. This is supposed to be easy for you. This is supposed to be what you love doing. So to me, it's not, we're, we're currently on season break. Uh, we just wrapped up our fourth season a few weeks ago. But it, to me, it's slowly but surely. Like, this is something that I know I can do because I lost that for a while. Do you feel like yourself again? Or do you feel like at any point you might start to feel like that person before you got sick? And do you want to actually? Do you wish to feel that way? Kind of like who I am now. I, um, I feel like I will always be hard on myself, but I've learned to give myself concessions. Not too much to the point that I will justify being an idiot or a failure, but at least allowing myself to realize that I am human, <laughs> that I, whatever my mistakes are, the only way is to rectify it. Uh, just make sure I don't do it again and move on. Because I, I was also the kind of person to dwell. It's my anxiety. Something stupid that I may have said five years ago. Believe me, it's still in my head. <laughs> like once in a while, it'll come back and I'll be like, why did I say that? Why did I do that? That's oh my gosh, Jessica, you idiot. Like, I, believe me, my anxiety will take care of all of that. It's just now I'm more aware uh, that if those thoughts come crawling in or if my heart starts pounding it because I'm thinking of something negative again, I, I need to kind of either find, find a way to cope. Like I will play the key uh, i will play the piano i will read i will listen to music i'll zone out like i'll start praying whatever it is because there are so many things that affect my way of thinking that i know should not be that's not okay it's not okay to keep putting myself down it's not okay to worry about something that i may have said like five ten years ago what are the biggest lessons that you've learned about the value of your health and living your oh life. Oh my goodness. Ah, I am not invincible. <laughs> because, again, 
like I used to be like a cheerleader, football varsity, gymnast. I was doing so many things. I I would hike tulag. I hiked tulag five times. I would climb mountains, all of that. But later on, it's like I have knee injuries, <laughs> I have thyroid problems, I have picos, I have all of these things. It's kind of like, wow, what happened? <laughs> what happened there? Um, so it's just one of those things that I have to accept and handle. The first, the first step is just acceptance. I, I had to accept, okay, I'm not, I'm not 20 years old anymore. I can't run the way I used to. I can't eat whatever I want the way I used to. I can't do all these things. Okay, so what am I going to do about it? Stay on my meds. At least make sure that I get checked for other reasons than my vanity. <laughs> But it's, you know, because that's, that's the whole point of growing up, right? I mean, you go through phases, you go through changes, you acknowledge that maybe you weren't the best version of yourself back then and try to just find ways to be better tomorrow, next week, next month. For people who are going through similar experiences, like they're they're going through, say, a health crisis or they're going through a situation where they have to relinquish control and acknowledge that, you know, there are some things that you just have to accept. What words would you offer them? What advice would you give them? Just allow yourself to be. There is a reason that these things are happening. Whatever your sickness is, whatever your ailments are, don't let it become you. Because you were a whole human, you were a whole person before, before you got sick. And it's just one of those things that life threw something at you, but that does not mean that is you now. So remember the things that made you yourself. Remember the things that you love. Remember the things that keep you sane. And then just keep going on with your life. Deal with whatever you have to deal with mentally, physically, emotionally. But you are an amazing person outside of your ailments. So just remember that. What have you learned? What are the biggest lessons you've learned about other people in relation to what you've experienced? There will always be two kinds of people. But kind of person who will comment on a photo of you and say, uh, may sakit ka ba? Bakit, bakit ang obismo? And there will be people who will offer you nothing but support. I remember when I, when I posted on my IG stories because I got a few questions about my thyroid. So I posted on my IG stories a very lengthy explanation of what I went through. And it was either I got DMs that said, thank you, I didn't know that I, uh, this, this might be something that I need to get checked. And there were people who would send me messages like, oh, you should try this. My, my cousin has hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism or ganito, ganyan, na parang, oh, I work at a nurse in a hospital in Singapore or I work, at, uh, I work in this hospital somewhere and this is what we do with 
uh, hypo or hyper patients. And I was like, whoa, thank you. Like, thank you so much because it wasn't something that, like, I don't post about it for attention. It's basically, again, never in my right mind would I ever have thought to get my thyroid checked. It was not high up on my priorities. I only realized that the thyroid was so important when I started feeling myself. Um, so if it helps someone, you know, become aware that there's a possibility that this might be a thyroid issue or you might have anxiety or anything of that sort, then you know what? I, I will gladly talk about it. Jessica, thank you for talking about it with us. <laughs> Thanks for being so open and, and sharing not just your experience, but the lessons that you've learned from the ordeal. Thank you. You make me sound so wise, but I'm not. <laughs> but you are. Come on. We, we, you have to give yourself that. You, you have wisdom to offer from what you, from what you went through. Now, before, before we end, I also just have to ask you, now, with, after, after living the kind of life that you have now, what are the words that you live by? Wow. Leah. <laughs> <laughs> or what, what, what are the words that come to, that, that you hold close and sort of keep you going every day? Okay. Wait, let me, let me search for that because I was just <laughs> listening. No, I was just listening to this song yesterday. I have my, I have my little, uh, praise and worship moments. Um, Hold on. Oh wow. Oh here. Thank you. Thank you. This is this is a verse from Who You Say I Am by Hillsong. Uh it goes, um, yes, he died for me, who the sun sets free, always oh, free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes I am. Oh, mas mahaba pala yung hinahanap kong lines. But anyway, in my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God, yes I am. I am chosen not forsaken, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. So that was honestly one of the most important parts of my journey. I've been a Christian since 2009. But when you're sick, when you don't understand what's happening in your life, when you're dealing with an ailment along with a pandemic or, again, with other people dealing with so much more than what I've been able to handle, uh, you know, my identity is not what other people perceive me to be. My identity is what, who God says I am. And I hope that helps. Jessica, thank you so much for being on What Glass Ceiling. Thank you for having me. We need a drink, girl. <laughs> we really do. 